This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Quite the afternoon tilt at the American Airlines Center. Hi, everybody. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. It's a Spits and Suds postgame edition and boy the stars even got the two-point conversion eight to one your final tampa wow tampa had dallas's number as we talked on yesterday's pod we gave you a preview and boy what a what a difference a, a season makes as tampa owned the stars last year and we'll see what happens on monday night but the stars certainly got the best of the lightning today and let's start from the beginning because you know, Craig talks about this on previous podcasts. Day games get you out of your routine. There's no morning skate in day games. So therefore, the chances of you coming out with slow legs, you know, a lot of times happens. And that's afternoon hockey. But not today for the stars. I mean, the first couple of minutes, uh, they went back and forth and didn't really see much. But then the stars jumped all over Tampa. And it was uh, quite impressive. So it's interesting because if you look at the stats of the game, you would say that it was pretty close. And that's why you can't look at stats alone. Um, Because if you look at shots on goal, for instance, which I personally feel, you know, when we talk about analytics, uh, plus plus and minus, a lot of people say that's outdated. Well, I think shots on goal don't tell you much anymore because the stars only outshot Tampa 34 to 33. So just a one shot differential in the game Um, and, you know, pretty even on the shots per period. And then you look at a faceoff percentage, which, you know, I'm a big fan of. If you win faceoffs, you keep possession and Tampa won that stat 55%. But when it comes to special teams, that was the difference in the game. So the stars two for two on the power play and Tampa one for six, a lot of penalties in the game. In fact, the most penalties the stars have had this season, six penalties and they kill five of them. So Tampa only just under 17% of their power play. And that is one of the top power play combinations. When you have players like Kucherov, when you have players like point headman Stamkos on that power play, and you're one for six. I think the stars caught a break there because we mentioned yesterday. I said, you got to stay out of the penalty box against Tampa, but you know, the stars didn't and you know, their kill is impressive. There's no doubt about it. In fact, some of their key kill guys like steel, like uh, Jamie Ben, 
Um, others were going in the box and the stars, you know, found a way to kill all those penalties. So real good game, great crowd interaction, Thought the crowd was really into it today, which uh, I think is awesome to see. Um, and you know, one of the things is I want hockey to do this more and I hope the stars can do it more. If you pan throughout the crowd, you saw a lot of children there today. It's a great opportunity to introduce youngsters to the game of hockey and who doesn't go to a hockey game and not love it. So I think for young stars fans, it's a terrific opportunity, no school tomorrow. So you get to go enjoy with the family. So I love it when there's afternoon hockey here in DFW, it's just, it's a great opportunity to showcase the, the game to everybody. And you saw a lot of families in the crowd tonight. And that's certainly uh, terrific to see. So in the first, I mean, we can't go through all the goals because we'll be here all night, and that's not a bad thing. <laughs> so uh, Tyler Sagan with the first goal, I mean, just absolutely tremendous. The hand-eye coordination. First of all, kudos to Tyler Sagan being in the dirty area. I think Tyler Sagan, when he gets close to the net, is as effective as anyone, and I think he's changed his game to go in front of the net more. And to take one out of the air like that around two other defensemen swiping at the puck, uh, it was a great goal by Sagan, one to nothing. Then Jason Robertson goes at it and his first goal. You know, we talked about this on the podcast. We think Jason Robertson needs to go back to the basics, staying around the net and putting shots on goal. He started to do that and look how it's paying dividends. So that goal from Vasilevsky, I mean, I don't think that puck fits in there if you shot it 10 more times. Um, it's just about putting pucks on net, keeping it low. And a lot of people think that's a bad goal from Andre Vasilevsky, who is coming back from a back surgery. Right now, they're just getting reps from him. But for anyone to say Vasilevsky's past his prime, oh, no, no. You watch watch as the season moves along, and you're going to see Andre Vasilevsky put on a show as he continues to get healthy. So, I mean, Robertson put pucks on net. He did. It slips by Vasilevsky. Stars take a 2-0 lead. Then right away, Jamie Benn gets a breakaway, goes under the pad, once again, a nice low shot beats Vasilevsky. It's three to nothing immediately. Uh, 739. So you have about 12 minutes left in the first period. And John Cooper, the head coach of the Lightning, calls a timeout. I thought it was a brilliant strategy by Cooper. And I think people thought that he might be chewing them out. But based on the stars this year, up big against Colorado and losing having a 4-2 lead against Calgary and losing. I think he was telling his crew, hey, we're still in this game. Let's get one back. Let's chip away. We can do this. And you know what? They did. Miro Haskinen takes an unfortunate penalty. Got to keep that stick low. Right in front of the net. Ref's going to see that all the time, especially when you're going toward the chin area. Draws a double minor. And Victor Hedman from the point, a seeing eye goal. No goalie stops that. You couldn't even see it if you're Jake Ottinger. I don't know how it made it through all those players, but Tampa right back in the game. So when we look at the final score, eight to one, we say, well, were they ever in this game? They actually were. And what happens in these blowouts is you forget how good the goaltending is 
on the side that only gave up one. Jake Ottinger made some key stops. So from that Cooper timeout, 12 minutes left in the first, till I'd say about a quarter through the second period, I actually thought Tampa was the better team on the ice. I thought I thought Dallas went into kind of a lull. Tampa was controlling in the stars end. They had some really good opportunities. And, you know, Jake Ottinger came big, uh, came up big. Kucherov, breakaway. Stamkos had a breakaway. Jake Ottinger was consistently good throughout the night. Once again, calm, attacking the puck, puck awareness. So he looked really, really good. And that's going to be forgotten in an 8-1 game. So they keep it at 3-1. to one, And then the Stars, about uh, halfway through the second, uh, go at it once again. So uh, 342, Mason Marchman, seven goals on the year for Mason Marchman. He continues his solid play. I know there's different line combos, and we'll talk about the line combos that Pete DeBoer changed up today. But one thing that has to remain is you have to keep Matt Duchesne with Mason Marchman. It has revived him as a Dallas star. His seventh goal of the season Man, that that flex on the stick and that wrister, top shelf against Vasilevsky, that was a really important goal because that kind of changed the momentum, and all of a sudden it's 4-1. to one. Then Chopavelsky on his offside, amazing. The best tipper in the game, and I'm not talking at restaurants, although maybe Joe is. I mean, he gets his stick on everything. The guy is, what, six foot maybe? And the fact that he can have that front of net presence and put his sticks in areas where he thinks the puck's going and to deflect like he did, it goes back to Joe Pavelski being the first down practice and the last leaving practice where all he does when everyone else leaves the ice is he has one of the stars personnel go out there and just shoot pucks at the net and he just deflects them and just keeps that hand eye coordination at 39 years old sharp. So, I mean, kudos, Joe, his 11th goal of the year. And then Jason Robertson got his uh, second Jamie Ben hit the crossbar and it just like all of a sudden it seemed like everyone stopped, but Jason Robertson follows up uh, from the right side and uh, snaps a uh, wrist shot power play goal. And all of a sudden it is six to one. So one of the things that was really interesting, and I tweeted this after the second period is we talk a lot on spits and suds about load management with Jake Ottinger. And one of the things that we don't see in hockey that we see in other sports, for instance, if you're a starting pitcher in baseball and you know, you get to about 80 pitches and your team is up seven, eight, one, let's just say, A lot of times you're going to pull that pitcher because you want that pitcher to be fresh throughout the season. We've seen in these Dak Prescott blowouts. In fact, he was joking about it on Thanksgiving Day. He's like, come on, man, you got to get me out of the game, saying it to his uh, other players. He said it to Zach Martin, I think, joking around. So giving Dak some rest in the fourth quarter, it does two things. It keeps you fresh, but more importantly, it prevents a needless injury. So I tweeted out in between periods with load management being such a pivotal part this season for Jake Ottinger and the coaching staff of the stars. Why not pull them? You're up six to one. You have games on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday on the road, Monday, Tampa, Wednesday against Florida. And then you're back to back Washington the following night. Why not keep Jake fresh? He gets the win because the rule is in hockey, 
if you were on the ice when the winning goal is scored, you get the win. So unless Scott Wedgwood was going to come in and let up five goals, then I think we'd be okay. Turns out Tampa didn't score any more goals. Jake did make some nice saves in the third period, one right in front of the net. But I would have liked to seen him sit in that. And, and you know, it's such a rarity in hockey, and there's no way Jake Ottinger, you know, says I want to sit. I do give a lot of credit to John Cooper, and I think John Cooper is one of the best coaches in the NHL. And I think if Tampa ever fires him, you want to talk about a Belichick-like teams bidding for services john cooper there will be a bidding war i actually think that if a coach is struggling and john cooper is available a coach might get let go or that will be complicated or uh, contemplated based on bringing john cooper in he's had so much success in tampa and the players love him and one of the things that he did, not only just calling the timeout, which I thought was really good in the first, and I'm saying this, listen, this is a stars podcast for the most part, but I like to give you guys these nuggets. So Vasilevsky's obviously getting hammered. And after that sixth goal, John Cooper sent a player, and I don't know if you saw this, he sent a player from the bench to talk to Vasilevsky. Rather than pull Vasilevsky, he actually asked Vasilevsky if he wanted to stay in. Vasilevsky knew that he needed the reps and said, yeah, I'll stay in for the rest of the period and nodded toward Cooper. That, to me, pays so much dividends. That's respect from John Cooper to his Vesna-winning, Stanley Cup-winning goalie. Like, hey, I got you, man. If you want to be pulled in this game because it's out of hand, we're good. And Vasilevsky was pulled after the period. I'm sure they had discussions in the tunnel and in the room. So I just thought that was really cool. And I just wanted to point that out because it's those little nuggets that makes John Cooper uh, such a good coach. So uh, stars at it in the third period. Once again, uh, they just can, they just continued to roll. Thomas Harley gets his fifth goal quietly. Thomas Harley from the defensive standpoint is putting up some numbers as far as goal seven to one Dallas from a wrist shot. And then Sam Steele. I mean, when it's going good, it's going really, really good. Sam Steele in front of the net, his back to the goalie <laughs> kind of a bouncing puck turns and just hits this uh, kind of knuckleball that goes top shelf. So he gets his second goal um, of the year. So eight to one is your final score. Uh, I did want to point out, before the game, pseudo breaking news. Uh, I think some of us were thinking that, but Pete DeBoer makes some changes. Nils Lundquist, who the Stars spent two years ago a first round pick on, is a healthy scratch. Evgeny Dodonov, a healthy scratch before um, the game. Joel Hanley in. I believe it had been five games since Hanley had played. Ty Delandria in. So the Dodonoff to Delandria is really interesting. Let me say this about Ty Delandria. I thought he played, you know, well today. Uh, I love his grit. And I would love to see Ty Delandria on a consistent basis because I, I think the more ice time he gets, the better he is. 
I think the stars need some grit long-term. And I think Delandria provides that he kind of gets under people's skin and he fights for every single puck. Uh, but it takes a lot of courage and you have to have confidence as a coach to pull a player like the Donoff who you've just signed to a two-year contract. And we all know last year, one of your best lines was Ben Wyatt Johnston and Evgeny Dodonov. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So David Castillo, who you hear on this post game for D magazine, um, does some great analytical work. So at David Castillo, AC, if you can follow him on Twitter slash X at David Castillo, uh, AC. So he tweeted this about, uh, three hours ago, the Nils Lundqvist scratch sucks. And we'll get to that in a second, but got to respect the decision on to Donoff. Nobody's talking about how bad the Ben Johnston to Donoff line has been 43% expected goal share the team worst among trios. And unfortunately to Donoff has contributed to it. So the numbers haven't been there. And DeBoer said, we have to make some changes and it might just be one of those things where you give him a night off and you play him this upcoming week and you see a little bit more fire from Evgeny Dodonov. And you put that line together and say, hey, guys, I'm going to give you another shot. The more interesting one to me is Nils Lundqvist because last year we saw him play throughout the season and we never saw him in the playoffs. Now, all of a sudden, he's a healthy scratch. Admittedly, he had some turnovers that Scott Wedgwood and other players cleaned up in Calgary. He has not been playing well. But man, and it's probably because of, uh, you know, he's from the Nordic area, just like Julius Honka and the size, just like Julius Honka and the fair skin, just like Julius Honka. But I, boy, I'm starting to get those Julius Honka vibes and I absolutely hate it because this would be a costly first pick if Lundquist doesn't work out. I thought Lundquist early in the year played really well. And let's remember Lundquist worked with the team in the offseason, gained about 15 pounds. 
um, looked real good in the corners. You saw that extra size really paying dividends. And, and, you know, to the point where he was on the second power play unit. And I think offensively, you know, he can bring some things to the table, but it just hasn't been there. So I hope that we get in a situation where Lundquist can get back in there. This is nothing against Joel Hanley. The fact that Joel Hanley, and I'll commend him for this, in the offseason, probably got better offers from other teams but wanted to stay in Dallas. Probably would have got more playing time with other teams but decided to stay in Dallas. I think that's absolutely terrific. I think, you know, from everything I've heard, he's a terrific room guy. And every single time he plays, he's consistent. But I need to see what the future is for Nils Lundqvist. And I hope it doesn't become a healthy scratch future. Because, you know, you get to a point where you have to make decisions. And this cap-strapped team right now can't do much as far as improving defensively. Like, we can say all day, and we talked about this yesterday on the podcast, you know, well, they got to improve defensively. I hear you. And I want to do something, but what can you do? And that's the problem. It's not about giving up, uh, you know, assets because the stars have assets. They have draft picks. And if you want to look in the minors, you know, they certainly have some players, you know, that teams might like, but the assets teams really want right now are draft picks because draft picks allow you to pick the person that fits best in your system. And that's the only thing that I'm worried about because if you give up draft picks, you're not giving up salary and you need to give up salary and, or have that team retain salary, which is going to cost more. So follow David Castillo at David Castillo AC. We'll ask him if he wants to jump on one of our uh, post games. Um, And also wanted to point out besides those two third period goals, The Stars were the better team in the third period, and that needs to be pointed out. When you're up 6-1 to going into the third period, it's easy to go into a shell, and the Stars didn't do that. They were still aggressive. They wanted more goals. Then they go up 8-1, and Duchesne's, you know, mad that when he went to the bench and he smiled, he, he wanted a goal too. So everyone from the Stars wanted to be involved, and that third period, they were the better team, and that tells me a lot, folks. That's really good when you're up eight to one and you're still pressing. And I bet if you ask Pete DeBoer, that would be what he's most impressed and happy about, you know, with this game. So a lot of points, Joe Pavelski with three points on the game, Robertson with two, with two goals, Rope hints, two assists, Mason Marchman goal and an assist. Wyatt Johnston gets on the board with an assist. Tyler Sagan, as we mentioned, a goal, so as far as defensively, you know, good to see Yanni Hockenpah um, pull off some points. He's got, uh, you know, two points on the day. So it was a Yanni Hockenpah show from defensively. He led the defenseman, Essa Lindell, also with uh, two points. Uh, Miro Heiskanen with a point and uh, Thomas Harley with two points. So all around a great effort, a great way. You don't have many home games. And honestly, home cooking hasn't been that good as of late. You need to take care of things at home, and they certainly did today. So you guys have a lot of questions, and we're here to answer them. So you can always send me a note on Twitter at GJ Spittle, and I am happy to do that and give you a shout-out. So 
uh, at Ryan Suter fan at fan Suter, which by the way, once again, another solid game for Ryan Suter. The one thing I'll say, and it's not a Suter issue, it's a stars issue. And the forwards did a much better job of getting back. I don't understand why players like Stamkos and Kucherov are getting behind you. I mean, it's one thing if it's a player that's not as notable, so maybe you're playing off of them, but wow, you cannot let those players get. I mean, Jay Gottinger saved you twice there. So uh, Ryan Suter fan says, more games like this, please. Well, absolutely, I'll take it. Uh, at Fuzzy Wuzzy Boom Boom, my man Fuzzy, and uh, kudos to Fuzzy and all of you. Uh, you guys have been sending me your Spotify most listened to podcast for the year. And the fact that spits and suds is either number one or top five on your list. Massive stick tap to you. Uh, he just says, why is Dallas traffic so bad? I got to tell you, getting out of the AAC is, uh, is rough at times. There's no doubt about that. Uh, at D Butler, three, eight, five, six. What has made Harley so good? It wasn't but a couple of years ago, some, including me, thought he was going to bust when he had a few failed call-ups, then failed to make the opening night roster last year. Not making the opening night roster, Drew, was the best thing to happen to Thomas Harley. And he will tell you this. Thomas Harley went down to Texas. And Thomas Harley, let's just say, had a humbling experience. And thought he was going to make the team, didn't make the team, and really got back to, like, how can I go up and stay up in the NHL? And you had players like Curtis McKenzie down there, veteran leadership, and that's what makes this Texas organization so important. Jake Ottinger had the same thing. When you go down to Texas, notice how these players improve and then come up and they're ready. That says a lot about this organization. And Thomas Harley played a lot of minutes. He played power play minutes. He was their top defenseman in the, in the AHL and he was having a wonderful year. And then when he came up, he was absolutely NHL ready. It's not often you see a player get called up and then play throughout the playoffs and play major minutes and be really good in the playoffs all the way through the Western finals. Thomas Harley was that. So uh, what has changed for Thomas Harley? I really do think him getting sent down, learning his lesson. And you can't do that with Nils Lundqvist, unfortunately. You can't send him down. He has to clear waivers, and I don't think he'll clear waivers. But that's the key to Thomas Harley. All right, Thackman chimes in. Why do you think uh, the Stars play has been so inconsistent so far this season? I know the record has been good, but watching them confuses me as to who they are. It's a good question, Aaron. And I think the answer is the following. I think at times they're one dimensional when they explode, they explode, but they're not an overly physical team. So you need to have diversity because you're going to run into teams that are more physical than you and want to muck it up. And then you have to muck it up with them. And you'll have times that you have to win one to nothing games or two to nothing games like they did in Winnipeg the other night. That's what the consistent teams do. Eight to one is great, but it can't be eight to one every single game. In fact, it's not going to be eight to one every single game. So you have to show some diversity as far as I can be physical. In fact, I can be more physical than you and I can change my style to win this game, whatever the style is called for in that game. Speed is wonderful. But one of the things that we saw in the playoffs last year was 
the physicality. We say that the rink shrinks and regular season stars defensemen might get away because they win games like this eight to one. But, you know, if you don't have those physical blue liners that can um, protect themselves against that deep forecheck that have the strength to pull it away from the boards and get the puck out of the zone like Vegas does, that's where you're going to run into problems. So hopefully they can develop more consistency. I agree with you. The record's terrific, um, but there have been games where it's like, where'd this team go? Eden Shallow, has Nil lo- Nils lost the coach's trust completely, or is there a chance he gets some more leeway if the team around him improves? I think they have to give him another shot, Eden, but we had been hearing before that this scratch happened that there was kind of a loss of confidence. Um, and then we saw Calgary just making some mistakes and you kind of knew in the back of your mind, uh Oh, is this going to happen? She adds, I just feel as though he gets punished for his first mistake in any game. Whereas other more veteran players get away with a lot more. I would agree with you, Eden. Um, but I will say this kudos to the coaching staff for scratching to Donoff has not played up to his ability like we saw last year. So I think it does send a message to the rest of the team that this is not just a Lundquist issue. This is a play better issue. All right. Rangers.stars.mavs fan. Wow. My friend, you have a world champion. You have a win with the stars today and you have a Mavs game tonight. Uh, Hey, Gavin wanted to shoot a quick question about Miro like the assists and puck movement from him but feels like his offense has taken a step back from last year. Is this an overreaction? Can I get your thoughts about his offensive abilities this season so far? All right. So I talked about this on the podcast the other day and uh, Gregory Finley, who's an amazing producer of ours, by the way, we are spits and suds because of people like Craig, because of people like Sean, because of people like David, because of the guests we have on. But honestly, the guy behind the microphone that's done so much amazing work and puts up with me is Gregory Finley. So kudos to Greg. Him and I were talking before this because we were texting back and forth. And I thought Miro took a real bad penalty today. I thought that was kind of a lazy penalty. And I don't like to use that term because I'm not saying that the player is lazy, but what I'm saying is that stick could have went anywhere in the back. And I think just automatically going high, that's just a bad penalty. And uh, I also think, and so here's the thing. I think that if I say anything, I'm a stars hater, but that's why we created um, spits and suds to be honest with the opinion. Yes. I think he's regressed offensively. I'm going to be real honest. I think the assists are great, but you know what I saw today, which I really liked a slap shot from the point from Miro. I need more of that. If this power play wants to be effective, I need a point threat. And that's why I really liked Lundquist earlier being on that second power play unit. And I appreciate that. We're all about the kind of the wrist shots that can be tipped down from the various players. We can do that as well, but I need those defensemen coming out to guard against the slap shot, that threat at the point. I just, I want to see Miro more of a game changer because I really do think he has that ability. One of the things though, that, you know, we were just talking about is perhaps he hasn't shown that ability because he has to concern himself so much defensively. And that might be the case where this is not the best defensive core. 
but he was when he was with like a Jamie Alexiak, I think you saw more of a free skater as far as Miro is concerned. And I think that's one of the things, if the team can address, that would be wonderful. Uh, Liam Bixel going to play in Sweden uh, means that it's kind of unlikely. Maybe we'll see him toward the end of the year. He might not be ready, according to the organization. But man, a Liam Bixel on the ice the same time as Miro. Now we're talking. That's that physicality that's going to free him up. It's not talked about in today's analytics. But let's take Texas for his example. Let's stay in this organization. Maverick Bork and Logan Stankoven. Maverick Bork just named AHL Player of the Month. Logan Stankoven just named AHL Rookie of the Month. They're among the top three in scoring in the AHL. No one talks about the third person on that line. That's veteran Curtis McKenzie. Curtis can drop the gloves with anyone. Curtis is a hard hitter. Curtis is a big banger. Do you really think someone's going to go after Maverick Bork or Logan Stankoven and throw a hard check without some retribution from Curtis McKenzie? I can promise you they won't. So that's the stuff that analytics doesn't really tell us that I try to keep an eye on. You know, I mean, I remember uh, in Winnipeg, you had Dustin Bufflin, and some people didn't like Big Buff, but Big Buff freed up space. Jamie Alexiak frees up space in Seattle. These bigger defensemen, they allow the other defensemen to play more offensively, more free, and it frees up space. Jamie Ben frees up space on that line for Wyatt Johnston. I know it doesn't, might not seem that way in times, but trust me. Players know that Jamie Ben's on the ice. So we need Miro to get more involved in the offense. And uh, maybe it's going to, def- if they can bring in another defenseman, and maybe we'll see a different Miro Heishkinen. Uh, but as of now, I do not think he's that offensive threat that we need. Because, you know, when we talk about Miro as far as a Norris Trophy candidate or something, I mean, you just got to look at Hughes in Vancouver and you look at Kale McCarr. And I brought this up on the podcast the other day. They're game changers. Look at the way they're skate. Look how aggressive they are in the offensive zone. They're threats. Honestly, I just don't feel as though when Miro's bringing down the puck that he's a threat. He's looking to pass. I want to see Miro on a deep rush. I want Miro to cause havoc because, you know, he's quick on his skates. He has amazing skating ability. And obviously his puck handling is terrific but I need to see that more. So I agree with you. Sorry for the long-winded answer. Uh, let's go to Adam Deacon at Adam underscore Deeks says stars penalties continue to be a problem. Are these avoidable and due to sloppy play or are these ingrained in this team? Also Ty, meaning Ty Delandria looks great on the third line. Could we be seeing Dodonov facing a spell as a scratch? I thought Smith should have been moved up. Uh, I was wrong. You know, Smith's been so snake bitten as far as uh, goals. It was good to see a goal come out of the fourth line because the fourth line's been working really hard and it hasn't necessarily uh, paid dividends as far as points. Um, the penalties. Yeah. I mean, they're certainly consistent and they do take a lot, but when you have the best penalty kill and you have a great goalie like Jake Ottens, you certainly uh, get away with it. It is going to catch up with you with some, some games. It really is. So they definitely have to work on that. Um, and it's one of those things What you know, you look at the penalties tonight, and I'll just mention a couple of them. The Miro double minor. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. 
When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That could have, Tampa could have got back in the game. They got one, they could have gotten more. Uh, the game was out of reach, but Jamie Ben kind of a needless hook. Like uh, Joe Pavelski going in the box. I mean, if you think if it's an iffy penalty or not, but it was clearly a check in the back. It wasn't against the boards, but, you know, I thought it was the right call. But, you know, and Joe wasn't happy going into the locker room. But those are penalties that can be avoided. You know, I don't mind the trip when your stick's in there and you're fighting for the puck. I don't mind those. Those are aggressive penalties. I don't mind if the elbow comes up every once in a while um, and something like that happens. That's going to happen on like a deep four check or a heavy check. But a lot of these penalties can be avoided, and that's what I'd like to see. You know, you're going to commit penalties. It's part of the game. But you got to take out those needless penalties. All right. At Massacre of Ants, Chris says, why doesn't this coaching staff trust Nils Lundqvist? I'm not sure what he did to be scratched. It's obvious they don't trust him, so it makes me wonder, was that a waste of a first-round pick to even trade for him? Well, short answer, we will see. And if you were giving that up, why not uh, use it on someone that they trust? Well, you know, it takes two teams to make a deal. The Rangers at the time were rich in defensemen and Nils Lundqvist was being healthy scratched and or sent down to the minors because at that time he could go down to the minors. So, you know, he was one of their uh, top prospects and a high pick. So Jim Nil thought that he could get a lot out of Nils Lundqvist and that just hasn't been the case. So if you're asking me right now, was it a bad trade? Of course. Do I see Nils Lundqvist and the talent that he has at times? I 100% do. Do I want to see him on the ice all the time? Absolutely. And I agree with you. Sometimes in that third period, you got to let him go. You got to let him make mistakes or win you the game in the third period. But if just think psychologically, if you know you're not going to get many shifts in the third period, doesn't that affect your second period play too? Aren't you afraid to make that one key mistake? Whereas, you know, how many mistakes have we seen Essa Lindell make this year? How many mistakes have we seen Yanni Hackenpah make this year? They have different roles on the team. They also play shorthanded. But are you going to see healthy scratches out of them? No. Unless they do something and just have an awful game. But, you know, I will say this. In Calgary, Nils Lundqvist had a really bad game, and it would have been worse if Calgary had scored. Wedgwood especially pulled him out of a couple of jams. Uh, at the Andrew Wood 34 stick taps for Marchment this season. Looks like a confident and dynamic player. 100%. Absolutely. I compare it to baseball that, you know, you can be a good third or fourth hitter or second hitter, but when you know, Corey Seager is batting behind you, you're going to get better pitchers. And it's just, that's the way it is. When you have better blocking in football, you're going to look like a better running back. When you have Matt Duchesne on your line, you're going to look a lot better. So kudos to the star staff for matching them up. They deserve a lot of credit for that. 
kudos for Marchment for embracing it. And he is looking a lot more confident. He's looking like the player that was in Florida that has had his best year before he became a uh, free agent. All right. Uh, Blickenstein's mother. I love your Twitter names at what the Blickens love seeing so many kids at the barn today. These matinees are great for sealing next gen fans. Hell yeah, they are. Absolutely. Agree with you. We pointed it out at the beginning of this podcast. Absolutely love seeing the families in the crowd. We need to do it more. I love a Saturday matinee. I, I, you know, I think it's great. I get my Saturday matinee and get a little bit of a hockey break that I get hockey night in Canada tonight. So uh, that to me is a great double header. All right. At, uh, let's see, Dalshan BH, run it back S Z N. I shout out your name because I want people to follow you because you're spits and suds faithful as well as stars fans. Uh, he answered my question about Ottinger, whether or not he should be pulled in that third period, which I think he should have. Yes. If he could stay fresh for the stretch run in February, when we are in the money. Uh, yeah. How about in April when we're especially in the money, that is when the dinero is made. Uh, okay. And run it. Uh, they were, you know, same guy was saying he was just talking about this idea. So talking amongst themselves and they thought Ottinger should be pulled, uh, as well. Uh, let's see, Jordan Harper, uh, our friend from Spits and Suds, it says it looks like it might be challenging for 63 and 5, 63 Dodonoff, 5 Lundquist to make it back into the lineup. Great seeing Delhi back in the lineup. I agree. Stick tap to Delhi on a, a good game. And people need to realize, like we talk about Lundquist being a, uh, a kind of a bad trade because it was a first round pick that you're giving up. Well, don't forget Ty DeLandry is a first round pick and Ty DeLandry was picked really high. Uh, higher than a lot of people thought he should be picked. So we don't want Ty Delandry to fail either. We want that to be a successful first round pick. Um, and Ty Delandry was putting up a lot of points before he came into this stars organization. So he has the scoring touch. If he can put together that grit with some more goals, I think we will see him in the lineup more. I really like the move of putting him on that line uh, with Ben and Wyatt Johnston. The easy decision would have been to put him on that fourth line. And they played him a lot uh, on that third line. And I think that's great. That's a huge confidence boost for him. So uh, I think you might see Nils Lundqvist sit um, for another game this week. Um, maybe in a back-to-back, -back, you play him once again. I think 63 is back in that lineup pretty soon. So uh, I don't think they're going to sit to dot off uh, for long, not on a two year deal, not with the money that they're playing, not with what they saw last year. Maybe it's just a, Hey, we sat you down, you know, give you a nice, uh, a fresh break. Come with us on this trip and uh, show us what you got. All right. So let's see. Uh, Chris Barnard wants to go bargain basement shopping, finding an undervalued player somewhere or wait for fall in the standings bargain. Uh, D'Angelo, right-handed defenseman, offensive, cheap. Uh, Brodeen, Zayatsev, uh, let's see, Costly, Sandheim, Falk, Pareko. My God, I love Colton Pareko. Just, you know, hasn't had the same kind of last couple of years that he had when he uh, was called up and played for the Blues originally. Uh, Hanovan, Killington, Tanif, more sellers by deadline. Yeah. I mean, 
as you get closer to the deadline, it also becomes a more rich because you have more teams in the mix because everyone wants a defenseman. You never have enough defensemen, just like you never have enough cornerbacks in football. It's a premium position. They're tough to find, especially defensemen that are either really good defensively or can move the puck. So, you know, trade deadline madness is going to happen this year. And as far as giving up assets, that's the teams that are going to want the most if they're giving up uh, a premium defenseman. The question is, as a Stars fan, do you want a rental like you got last year, or do you want a player that has maybe an extra year remaining so that you can give up more assets, but at the same time, you get them next year as well? Uh, Let's see. Uh, Ryan Bear answered my question when uh, I talked about, um, well, he says, I have a question for you. Jim Nill constructed a Stanley Cup championship caliber blue line with the current group of defensemen this season. Question mark. My answer, empathetic. uh, No, he is not. He has work to do to fix the issues on the back end because as one of the high cup favorites this season, their group of defensemen is not going to carry the team on the defensive side of the puck through four rounds of the playoffs. In fact, they were leaking it in the Seattle series and got exposed in the Western conference final last year. Jim Nill knows better. He and Ken Holland constructed some extremely deep blue lines during their time together in Detroit with the red wings. He can do better. I'd say this, Ryan, I'm like helps on the way in Liam Bixel. I just don't know if they're going to call him up. And it's going to be interesting how much he improves in the Swedish league. He was playing really well in Texas and he was getting a lot of minutes in Texas and he was showing off his physicality in Texas. So I think he's going to get a lot of playing time in Sweden and hopefully, you know, he'll improve. He's only 19. So, you know, we got to let these guys develop, but that's the bigger defenseman that I think a lot of stars fans desire. That's going to be here for a lot of years to come as far as, knowing this before the season began two things the unrestricted free agents were not a plenty as far as defensemen in the offseason you know who was one of the premium ufas john klingberg was there weren't like a lot of ufas so the stars really had limited options where i would have liked to see is a creative trade where you give up assets to get assets. I know no one wants to hear this, but give up one of your good players to get a really good defenseman. Defensemen, as I mentioned, are costly. So, you know, do I want to give up Wyatt Johnston? Heck no, I don't want to give up Wyatt Johnston. But does a team really want Wyatt Johnston? Heck yeah, they do. So I'm just using that as an example. I don't want to give up Wyatt Johnston, but... I mean, that's what teams do. They have to send high caliber players to receive high caliber players. So just the free agent market just wasn't there. So um, I thought the stars missed out on Chikrin, where he went from Arizona at the last year's trade deadline to Ottawa. And I thought that was a big mistake. Ottawa is struggling so far this year. But once again, you got to find salary cap space. But Chikrin fixed things for you. That that's a better option. It has offensive skills as well, but uh, you know, Ottawa is going to want a first round pick. And are you going to give up a first round pick? You gave up one for Nils Lundqvist. You do have the luxury of a first round pick 
um, after this year. So you do have the opportunity to uh, give one up. So those are your questions and they were awesome folks. Thank you so much. Once again, your final score is eight to one uh, shots on goal only by one, but premium shots on goal, massive advantage for the stars two for two on the power play. So here's the upcoming schedule stars play on Monday in Tampa, and we'll see what Tampa responds to in their own barn Wednesday against Florida and then Thursday against Washington. So we have a back-to-back. It'll be interesting to see how the stars match up as far as goaltending. I put Ottinger in net on Monday once again, and if Ottinger plays well on Monday, I throw him up against Wednesday, and then I'll uh, let Wedgwood play on uh, Thursday. So that would be my thinking, but you know, Pete DeBoer has pushed the right buttons as far as the when Wedgwood is playing and uh, when Ottinger is playing. So he's definitely pushed all the right buttons when it comes to, you know, Scott Wedgwood and a healthy Scott Wedgwood has been very effective uh, this year as well. So I say it all the time, like our podcast, leave your comments, throw it our way at GJ Spittle. We want to grow this thing. That's why we're doing these post games. Really appreciate you sticking with us on this Saturday. And we'll be back at it again next week right here on Spits and Suds. Have a great rest of the weekend, everybody.